We have great fun on the podcast with guest Alan Quayle, the inspirational guy behind Tad Summit and Tad Hack. Tad Hack is the leading global API hackathon festival and reaches out to thousands. I think the energy and charisma from Alan is one of the main reasons this is such a phenomenal success. Alan tells us how Tad Summit and Tad Hack developed and how it tapped into the new wave of communication platform as a service, CPaaS, and API-driven communications. Alan relates some of his favorite hacks and how these didn't actually come from software developers. He also lets us know where Tad is going in the future. It's going to be great fun, and it's an open invitation for people to join in. This podcast is sponsored by Netzer, Digital First Selling. During these times of COVID and falling telco sales, Digital First Selling is the answer to new customer acquisition, increasing revenues and cost reduction. If you are a telco, an MVNO or an eSIM provider, we have the ideal Digital First Selling as a Service solution for you. The Netzer Digital First Selling solution enables you to sell and onboard remotely. It will integrate with your BSS and OSS systems and with Salesforce and we meet all regulatory requirements. Contact pat.flynn at netzer.com so that we can understand your issues and provide you with the best solution. Okay, on the podcast this week, we have a fantastic personality, Alan Quayle who is the founder of a worldwide phenomenon known as TADHack, which we will explain, and also an all-round good human being and fun guy. So, Alan, brilliant to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much, Pat. I'm pleased to be here. Great. And you are a Celt uh, in your origin, and people mightn't really realize that where where you're from is considered to be a Celtic nation. That's right. It's for originally from the Isle of Man. So, in fact, about 50 miles, 60 miles away from Dublin. So, uh, yeah, we grew up close to each other, you know, in a global framework. Uh, but, yeah, sort of, it's a Celt stroke. It was a Viking enclave as well. But there was a fair bit of racism between the Celts and the Vikings. So there wasn't that much interbreeding. It was just rather they came into Dublin. They took away all the women with red hair and then went off. <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant oh yeah i mean i think that i've been to the isle of man and it's it, it's it's just so it's that strange place that is so familiar but there's something different about it oh and yeah well if you use place yeah there was the brit eckland movie i'm trying to remember the wicker man you're right summer isle Remember Summer Isle? Was and yes, we have palm trees on the Isle of Man because it has the maritime effect. So you never get that many days below freezing. And because it's an island, it's only 20 miles by 10 miles. It's relatively genetically undiverse. So when you see like the intro is the guys sort of landing his plane and then you're sort of seeing all the strange locals on Summer Isle, you sort of get a feel for the Isle of Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, anyway, uh, brilliant place. And okay, and but and anyway, Alan, maybe just you now live in New Jersey. And That's right. Yeah, just outside New York City. You and maybe how did you get there? But apart from playing, how did you get there? <laughs> <laughs> you, you were preempting that one. So yeah, I ended up here in the U.S. 
I used to work for BT in the labs back in the days when telcos used to do cool stuff. And then I was you know, having great fun working on broadband access, working on uh, sort of the whole digital video compression that became sort of YouTube and the rest. And uh, you know, it was fun, but I needed to get more experience, particularly on the supply side, because that was where I could see where technology was going to be developed rather than within the telcos. So I ended up being headhunted over to Lucent to help them with international business development, mm-hmm. particularly around broadband access and 3G. So that got me over here to just outside Bell Labs. And that's when I got my first broadband pipe. So once you get your broadband pipe to the home, you're sort of working on the internet. You can be anywhere. So even though I've had a whole range of different jobs and work with people all around the world, it was that pipe into the home. And it was like, well, I don't really need to move anymore. So uh, that's how I ended up here. And, you know, one of the nice things uh, is this space here, we won't talk about politics, we won't talk about all the crap that's going on. But the nice thing here is within like, you know, literally a 10, 15 minute drive, there's a big national park where you can be walking in on a weekend and not see anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, you know, it's beautiful nature. And for me, hiking and the rest is very important. So I can't grumble about being over here. And really, it was a broad bad pipe. Once I got that, uh-huh. meant yeah. I don't need to move. And um, were you at Bell Labs at a time when it was still, I, I, this sounds terrible, it was relevant, shall I say? I don't know. <laughs> it was on the decline. Because, you know, it, it was Lucent Technologies, so it had separated from AT&T. They were still selling the 5 ESS with thousands of features, and they were trying to become more commercial. Uh, and there was still good work, and there still is good work taking place at Bell Labs, but it was the shift. And you see, I mean, the talent exodus over the last couple of decades has been massive. But, you know, Great people have gone on uh, you know, into many other uh, industries and many other organizations and achieved great things. So as always, with any research institute, it, you know, it's the people. You know, and when that started its demise, you know, the great people moved on and have moved on to you know, back into academia or into you know, some other organizations like Cisco, et cetera, and have achieved uh, you know, quite impressive results. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I just blew. I don't know if Lucent still owns it, but I think I've blown any chance of the sponsorship there. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> apologies to that. But oh, don't worry, don't worry. You, you have to speak your mind. You know, yeah. if you're going to basically sort of curtail it by, oh, that could be a potential customer in the future. You're just basically never going to say anything. You know? No, no, no. I gotta, I gotta say as it is. And yeah. I have to, I have a little bit of bluntness in me sometimes, but uh, isn't necessarily a good thing. But I can't. <laughs> so anyway, what is Tardhack? Did you uninitiate yeah. it? We see it on LinkedIn. We see it on websites. We see it around the world. And you know what? What is it? You're the man. Yeah. Tell us what it is. Yeah. So it all in the beginning was an event we ran in Bangkok of all places, and it was TAD Summit. So TAD stands for Telecom Application Development. And it was back in the day when yeah, APIs, communication APIs were starting to you know, get noticed, were starting to be used by telcos, by innovators to do cool stuff. And we said, well, let's do an event. And there was ITU Telecom World was running in Bangkok 
and we just snuck in to Ted Summit close by because there were quite a few people that were going to attend that. Also, um, Telestax at the time, they were having a customer event uh, because Jean, the CTO's brother, was living and working. You know how it is, accumulation events. So we did that event. And it was great. People loved it. It was really of its time, you know, highlighting where the industry was going to go with APIs. And then at the end of it, we're saying, well, what should we do next? And, you know, it was just an idea that came from several people was, well, why don't we do a hackathon? Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, yeah, makes sense. So six months later, we did the first TED Hack. So it was in June 2014. And we were one of those where we were like, okay, where, where should we do it? And they were like, hey, you know, uh, Telefonica, their labs are doing some really cool stuff around telecom APIs. Telefonica Digital, I should say. You know, let's cite it in Madrid because, you know, we'll get them on board and then we will bring other people on board. And of course, you know, telcos being telcos, Telefonica Digital closed. (laughs) And uh, but, you know, the momentum was there. And as we were promoting it, we had people in Chicago. So we had the Illinois Institute of Technologies. We had Senate Mobile in Sri Lanka. We had all these different places saying, can we be a satellite? So we ended up with five locations that were running. Plus, of course, we've always allowed remote entry. So you can hack from the comfort of your own home. Uh, we had a whole range of sponsors. And it ended up being a lot bigger than we first thought. It was like 700 people. Uh, registration. Yeah, on the first time. First time no. we ever ran it. No. And we were like, oh, bugger, this is, <laughs> it was, <laughs> and it was the first time we were doing it. And I, I won't go through all the trials and tribulations. I mean, we, we had a 4G link for our internet backhaul. You can imagine the problem. We were having to just stop anybody doing anything other than coding, you know, over the internet access. It was painful. But anyway, <laughs> you know, we learned a lot during our first time. And it was like, oh, you know, everybody came out pumped. We had some amazing hacks. We had amazing people that have gone on, founded companies, founded businesses. I mean, mm-hmm. we have one of the things we try to do, it is hard, but to track people that you know, are TAD hack winners and show when they found new companies, when they sort of, you know, get into amazing positions. Mm-hmm. You know, quite a few of the people went off into like the whole uh, Ethereum you know, a sort of Bitcoin space, you know, sort of distributed computing space. So it's been interesting to see their paths from, you know, being winners at Tad Hack. So that was the first one. And then we were like, oh, bugger, this turned out quite well. So we did one the following year in 2015. And that was ridiculous. Thousands of registrations. I think it was something like, you know, 18 or 20 locations around the world. It was just, you know, know, it was a little large. And we, you know, it just grew and grew over the years. And then we were like, this is just getting crazy. You know, it's going to kill me if we keep growing like this. So we, we sort of, you capped it. We tried to keep it to about three or four global sponsors, but we allow local sponsors. You can just come in and hack and showcase what you do, mash it up with one of the local sponsors or one of the global sponsors, if you like, or just showcase your tech. You don't have to be basically doing something here with the sponsors you can just showcase what you're doing because you think it's relevant to the mm. community and you know we so, so we sort of capped it and it's in this nice maintenance phase where every year you know we have about 10 locations around the world we have a variety of people from all around the world it's you know i mean of course there's a core of programmable communication geeks you know people mm-hmm. from the sort of telco or from enterprise that have had it interested in comms 
We have a great following around, uh, among sort of web developers, uh, geeks that just love the ethos behind mm -hmm. Tad Hack. Because what we try to do is we're not like a lot of the Bay Area hackathons, because they're all about, you know, if you're Amazon, you're Google, you know, here's the hurdles, jump through the hurdles to understand, show that you demonstrate that you understand our new technology. Woohoo, mm -hmm. well done. Here's some swag. What we try to do is, you know, we don't have any hurdles. Here's the technologies. We ask people to think about the problems they see in the home, the work, the community lives. Okay. At, okay, go for it. Oh, sorry, sorry um, no, what I was thinking was, is, is there any particular examples that, that stand out there? Let me just say yeah. just something first, because I can tell when you get going, there's no stop. I it won't okay? stop you. <laughs> so let me just say this. First of all, it's clearly a testament to your personality and energy and your Thank ability you. to communicate. So I think maybe that just needs to be said. I'm not sure people say that, but I can see it in you, right? Secondly, you sort of captured that wave of APIs that has happened in telco space in the last five years. You're right on that wave. But having said that, what is there anything that, that stands out to you that um, you said, oh my gosh, that's so amazing or what, oh, what projects? Yeah, every year we have stuff. Because, again, as I mentioned, it's solving problems in your homework, you know, uh, sort of uh, community lives, and we're global. So we have you know, locations around Asia, across South America, across Europe, Africa. I mean, Africa, South Africa is our largest location by far, thanks mm -hmm. to MTN. And so people are in many different, you know, environments. And you just see how universal programmable communications is. One year we had status. So they're an Ethereum OS. So that's a sort of blockchain technology decentralized web. And we had an amazing hack out of Papaya in Colombia. Again, you know, one of the things I keep saying is talent is everywhere. It's not a Bay Area phenomenon. Talent mm -hmm. is everywhere. People are using you know, technologies to solve amazing things. Now, access to capital, that's a different thing. But talent definitely uh, is universal. And they created a hack, Denuncia. And this was using the uh, status platform to share if there's a protest going on. Um, you know, in Colombia, the police can get a little rough, shall we say, like we see here in the US, and you can take pictures and share what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's anonymous so that you know, people can share the information without, of course, retribution happening later mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. So it's a great way during protests for the protests to be coordinated. I mean, we see it in Hong Kong. And, and they and it's almost like what they built there for the Hong Kong protests could easily be applied. That I just draw as one example yeah, of an amazing hack. Just let me give you one more, just mm -hmm. so you get a feel for its currency. Uh, this year at Berlin, uh, one of the things we do is you don't have to be a developer to take part. It's for anyone. We keep saying that, you know, people are like, oh, it's a hackathon. It's geeks. Mm. They're going to be big beardy men basically smelling out a room and hacking away <laughs> on computers. <laughs> it's going to be scary. <laughs> and when you actually turn up, you realize, oh, my God, there's lots of young people here. And it's actually pretty diverse in terms of the mix of people. And we had in Berlin, uh, a, he was a teacher, no coding experience. He was just he liked the ethos of what we're trying to do in terms of come and solve problems. And they created a hack to deal with parent, teacher, student communication. As you know, 
there's a lot of remote study going on or partial remote and that communication is important to make sure the kids actually do what they're supposed to do and it's just a grab bag of pull you know it's so much so many balls are getting dropped and this teacher is living it day in day out mm-hmm. and he was part of the team, he explained the problem, he gave, helped with the pitch, because key with the, you know, to, key to winning is having a diverse team. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have to have hackers, there's no way around it, but having somebody that can explain the problem, that can show the bit of the solution, and then explain the bigger picture, and how this becomes real, makes the pitch amazing, because that's the key, is all hacks are just judged on the uh, pitch, and he, you know, from the, t- from the, uh, they ended up winning. And he was like, we've got to take this to the Senate. We've got to take it to the government. We need them to see and get this deployed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that shows That's it was brilliant. dealing with a real world problem that was yeah. impacting people. And when people see how quickly and easily you can solve problems yeah. using these technologies, it's amazing to see the energy that gets that, created. That's, that's a great one. That's almost like um, the customer was in the room with the team. Uh, yes. And that's it. Uh, made it real and made it relevant. Fantastic. Exactly. And exactly. What, are your, what are your plans for the future? Where are you going to go with the public? It's almost a movement. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not that significant. <laughs> I, <laughs> it, we just run it annually, you know, and I've stated this many times, that, you know, fire was the most important technology that man created. The next one was telecommunications, as far as I'm concerned, because <laughs> that enables us, regardless of, you know, uh, space, to be able to communicate. And now it's programmable, we can use it to solve so many different problems because communication is fundamental to our condition. You know, I mean, like during the pandemic, it's the kids that suffer the most by not being able to communicate with each other. Yeah, you know, yes, okay, there's virtual stuff, but they need to be physically together. You know, for us old fogies like ourselves, <laughs> our brains aren't developing anymore. We can cope with virtual very easily, but we still need that virtual. I mean, we're chatting. This is a podcast, but you know, there's the video as well, so we can see each other. So uh, we'll continue to have the root of programmable communications uh, within TATAC. We'll, of course, welcome anybody to get involved. Our door is always open, and you know, we've had many different types of sponsors. I mentioned Status, which is an Ethereum OS. Mm-hmm. We've had Carrefour, a supermarket chain. Really? They took part and they just provided some data, which was store data. And they had some amazing hacks created because, mm-hmm. you know, supermarkets, again, it's a very relevant thing. So, uh, you know, and, we, you know, so it does always open to new, interesting technologies. Okay. Programmable comms will always be the root very much we want to just help educate and in a very open way where what we try to do is share the love because as i mentioned with most bay area hackathons it's really about you know promote our technology learn our technology sure. here's the swag what we've done from the get-go is try to get as much of the cash from the sponsorship to the winners because you know we, we try to get you know older uh people that may have families mm-hmm. and if you're hacking on a weekend then could be that somebody's having to look after the kids. And you come back, woohoo, we won. I got a Millennium Falcon drone. <laughs> and you spent the weekend looking after the kid. It's like, great, excellent. Yeah, that really makes time worthwhile. Marriage saving us. <laughs> so, so if you've got cash, it's fungible. 
you can spend Absolutely. it for a meal out or whatever, you know. <laughs> so, so how do people contact you? Alan? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm on the internet. You can find me. Just search Alan Quayle. Quayle is, you know, relatively rare enough uh, surname. Just go to tadhack.com, T-A-D-H-A-C-K. You can contact us through that. We're running at the moment this month. We have Tad Summit. So that's, it's not as broad an audience. It's more focused on the programmable communications sort of uh, industry and the geeks and the business people within there that are looking at new opportunities, ways in which this technology can solve problems that matter. So, and that's running through this month. So there's also where tadsummit.com, which is T-A-D-S-U-M-M-I-T. And again, you can contact me through that. And of course, I have my website, alanquail.com. But that's all that, you know, how it is. There was a fashion about 20 years ago. I'm going to have a website. I'm going to have a website. And now it's like, yeah, it's there. It needs updating. It's 10 years old. But yeah, you can get me through that. Well, listen, Alan, it's been brilliant having you on. And I, again, I think the whole thing is a testament to your vision and energies and your ability to communicate, which we've just seen. So thanks for that. Thank you so and much, Pat. In the podcast, I always ask for a piece of music to play. Everyone. So maybe you'd like to tell us what you would like yeah. to have. Sure. Well, we went through a number of song choices when you first said <laughs> Alan, you know, but this is the PG one. But, you know, I think it, you know, it has meaning to me. So it's because, of course, it's the good, the bad, the ugly. We have to have something related to uh, Ennio Morricone. Now, you know, this has been about, you know, uh, it's about innovation, the podcast. We've been talking around innovation. Ennio is an innovator in sound. I mean, his work has stood the test of time. It's still influencing people today. Now, the piece in particular I pick out, because you've already picked out the good, the bad, and the ugly, is uh, Come Madalena. Now, uh, the reasons I chose that are, because I consider this to be really the epitome of collaboration and innovation. The two came together. It's an amazing piece. It's got sort of, you know, Vincenzo on the drums. It's got both Ada and Alessandro with a beautiful choral piece that's both melodic and dissonant. And it's a massively underappreciated work because Absolutely. the movie uh, it was part of flopped. And, mm -hmm. you know, the music that, you know, the music stands the test of time. It stands by itself, but because it was part of a flop film, it just doesn't get that much yeah. attention. But that's the long rambling explanation as to why uh -huh. I uh, recommend uh, Come Madalena. Well, it's a brilliant piece of music. Can I just say, you're absolutely right. The reason the podcast is called The Good, The Bad and The Ugly is because of my admiration for the creativity of Ennio Morricone, who looks like a shy accountant, but has a mind that just is hard to fathom. Uh, and by absolute sad coincidence, when we launched, he died. Uh, his music will literally live forever. Yes, absolutely. Wholeheartedly agree. Okay, Alan, brilliant talking to you, and thanks for all your energy and, and fun. Hey, thanks a lot, Pat.